And we are live here. What's up, guys? Nick Scrip on the P2W Fantasy Podcast. This is actually attempt two because I recorded this show today in my work office uh, with the intent to, you know, get a quick podcast out there. And I listened to it. And because of the connection in my work office, it was it was shitty. I mean, I was like pausing and freezing and uh, um, it sounded like there was a buzzer and ended up bad. So this is my redo. Hopefully uh, it's better the second time around. But uh, I mentioned earlier, my voice a little raspy coming off of a Memorial Day weekend bachelor party for my brother, which uh, I was the best man for. I am the best man for the wedding. So I had to make sure that uh, that I was, uh, you know, planning everything and going hard myself. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why why did I lose my voice? And it's still kind of lost. And uh, then I started having the flashbacks of just like fist pumping on dance floors and running through the streets of Milwaukee after going to like 15 bars and just screaming and stuff. And it it kind of made sense, kind of made sense. So um, what we got going on today uh, should be a good show, solo show, probably a quick one, maybe like a 20 minute podcast. But, uh, you know, I'll have some good details and some evidence to back it up. So uh, before we get into that, as always, this podcast is points.com slash subscribe it's a one-stop shop for everything uh fantasy related they have articles on there they have a bunch of stats research tools all in one spot so definitely go check that out and uh, use the promo code p2w22 p2w22 for a discount and it's well worth it so uh stick with me as we get into the show here so we have a smash that ADP show. So what that means is I'm looking at current player ADP, so average draft positions. And um, I'm, I'm looking at guys that I feel like can overperform where they are currently being drafted. And I, I looked at fantasypros.com for their ADP data to show where guys are, are being drafted and where um, I guess the community is looking at these guys. And this is going to change week to week, month to month as we get closer and closer to the NFL season. But I wanted to take an early look and say, hey, you know, I like these guys better than where they're showing they are being drafted. And here's why. So starting off things with the quarterback position so Derek Carr currently is being drafted as the QB 16 and last season he was the QB 12 uh, on a team that was led by Hunter Renfro and was missing Darren Waller for several games Henry Ruggs got in trouble Brian Edwards didn't really have much of uh, a season so uh, to be QB 12 without Darren Waller one of the best tight ends in the league and without many other pieces besides Hunter Renfro, you know, disrespect to him says a lot for his season. I know other guys were banged up. Lamar Jackson, you go down the list and, you know, look at guys that missed time. But he had a good season, number five in passing yards and passing attempts, number seven in yards per attempt, number two in his accuracy rating. And I'm pulling all these uh, these stats from Player Profiler. Um, they, they compare where guys ranked for certain stats. Uh, the number 13 in touchdowns is the stat that I think will drastically change in 2022. And here's why they added arguably 
the top wide receiver in the league. And I think you can argue and say, well, I think it's Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or uh, Cooper Cup. For me, until the wheels stop turning, Devonta Adams is the best receiver, maybe the second best receiver talent-wise in the league, and they added him to the team. Uh, this is a connection that Derek Carr and Devonta Adams had in college, and now they're reuniting for the Raiders. Uh, so if I'm looking at the core of Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. This offense looks pretty scary, uh, in, in my opinion. And I know some people still are, are not super into the Raiders, but if Derek Carr was the QB 12 last season, now you add a healthy Darren Waller, you add Devontae Adams, I feel like that QB 16 ADP doesn't make a ton of sense. So put him back in that top 12 maybe towards the the uh, the uh, you know 10 11 12 spot but I'm in on Derek Carr because we've seen some some good accuracy out of him we've seen him kind of air it out uh if we add some more touchdowns he can have a really nice season next on the list here Travis Etienne so uh Etienne RB26 for his ADP a report from camp just came out today saying he looks like his old self why is that important? Because he didn't play a snap in the NFL in his rookie season because he was hurt with that list Frank injury. Um, looks like he's progressing well through camp. Looks like he's healthy. Uh, you know, looking back at Clemson, which was the last time he played, his final season wasn't like super efficient on the ground, but it was still very good. So he actually averaged 7.2 yards per carry throughout his college career, which is like excellent. That's very good. I think his senior year, it might have been in like the five range, which was still solid. So through college at Clemson, 4,952 rushing yards, 102 receptions, 6,707 scrimmage yards, meaning total rushing and receiving yards put together, and then 78 scrimmage touchdowns. Again, rushing and receiving touchdowns. So it's a lot of rushing yards, a lot of scrimmage yards. What stands out to me the most is that 102 receptions. Guys don't come out of college typically at the running back position with that number. Guys also don't come out of college playing with the guy through their college career that they now get to be back with in the NFL, and that's Trevor Lawrence. So we know that Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, they have a good connection. Uh, and, and when I look at a guy like Etienne, I'm looking at you know other guys like DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, and what they bring to fantasy football for PPR leagues, so points per reception leagues. And I'm thinking that he can be in that category. Well, now, you know, do I think he is as talented as my guy DeAndre Swift? I don't personally think so, but I think he can profile as that sort of player, and that's huge for fantasy. We see what these pass-catching running backs do year to year as long as, they, you know, they are the featured guy and not just a complimentary back and, and Travis Etienne has that opportunity, especially with James Robinson, that uh, Illy's injury. I don't know where he is. I try to kind of Google it today and I think it's kind of hush us, you know, it, it's TBD. Everything's TBD where he is in that recovery. And if he misses camp, I don't expect James Robinson to come back week one and say, Hey, I'm, I'm good for 20 touches. Let's get it. It's not going to happen. So Travis Etienne is a guy I'm really in on. Um, I've been trying to acquire him in more leagues. RB26 for his ADP, I think that's going to gradually change as we see more camp clips and more good notes about his health. All right, looks like I can't 
click. Oh, there we go. All right. So next guy on the list, man, it was freezing up for a second. Saquon Barkley. So Saquon Barkley right now is being drafted as the running back 16 overall. I feel like half the community is even lower on him than the 16 mark. I've seen some people say they are completely out on Saquon Barkley. And this is a guy at one point we, we might've thought as the RB one in dynasty leagues. And it's, it's, it just shows you how quickly, quickly things can change from injuries and underperforming. But this guy started off his career with back-to-back 1,000-yard -back rushing seasons, 91 receptions his rookie season. Only Jalen Waddell, Anquan Bolden, and Michael Thomas had more receptions as a rookie. The difference is this guy's a running back. So that says a lot about how he was utilized with the Giants, his rookie season where he was the RB3 overall weeks 1 through 16. That was 2018. Issue is 15 games played the past two seasons. He had the ACL, you know, ACL tear and then some other injuries that that uh, nagged on. Uh, this past season, weeks three and four, he had over 21 fantasy points. And we're thinking to ourselves, like, all right, this is Saquon Barkley. Then he gets banged up again. Looking at 2019, four times above 20 fantasy points. He, he missed 2020. So four weeks above 20 fantasy points, including a massive 30.3 and a massive 43.9 performance weeks 15 and 16. So obviously this guy can light it up for the fantasy world. And we've seen it on plenty of occasions where he's had tons and tons of 20 point performances or more, you know, rookie season. He went uh, weeks one through eight before their bye week all above 20 fantasy points. He had two weeks after that of like 35 and 33 fantasy points. And he still had some big weeks. I think this guy has a chip on his shoulder for one. I think this offense is going to be better because they continue to push for it to be that way with adding pieces. And I mean, they have a new head coach uh, who I think is in on him. Um, I think he could be a league winner. I, I really do. And I'm not going to say he's going to be the RB one this year. I'm not going to go, you know, crazy hot take, but I think we always like struggle with that line between like, this guy is washed or this guy is hurt. And sometimes those two things go hand in hand, but I think you can be like washed at football and be hurt at football and it be two completely different things. And I believe in the talent of Saquon Barkley. So I feel like if he is healthy, he can be utilized a ton in the passing game. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping this offense can push the ball better up the field, which can open things up for him. And I've seen the talent and I've seen the fantasy performances of Saquon Barkley. So I'm back in. I'm back in. I'm not going to go crazy, but RB16, he could beat that in 2022. Next guy, Michael Pittman Jr. I made a quick video on him earlier today for the TikTok. Go check that out, Fantasy Points TikTok. Uh, wide receiver 21 for his ADP right now. He took a jump in all categories from his rookie to his sophomore year. Weeks 2, 5, 7, 8, 9, 13, and 16, he finished inside the top 20 for the wide receiver position. Two of those games, he was a top eight wide receiver. He was on absolute fire weeks five through nine, where he averaged 19 fantasy points, and he was the wide receiver three overall. Finished the season, you know, weeks one through 17 is the overall wide receiver 21, which is where his ADP has fallen. Again, I had to like triple check that uh, this past season. Number 11 in snap share, number 15 in receptions, number 16 in receiving yards, number 14 in red zone targets. Really good on his routes, number three in total route wins. 
Some of the issues, though, with uh, with Carson Wentz, number 44 in catchable target rate, number 55 in target accuracy. Matt Ryan comes in. He had a bit of a down year with, uh, you know, rookie Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage is his best two options. And again, no disrespect to Russell Gage. I actually like Russell Gage, but I'm not sure he's a team's wide receiver one, but he was Matt Ryan's wide receiver one. Um, the, the three seasons previous to this past season, Matt Ryan was top five in passing yards. And, you know, compared to Rivers and Wentz, this is an upgrade. Not long ago, Calvin Ridley was the wide receiver five overall in 2020. Julio Jones was the wide receiver four in 2019. And I'm not comparing Ridley and Julio Jones to Michael Pittman Jr., but I am saying that Matt Ryan has supported top five wide receivers for fantasy. In Michael Pittman Jr., he had a 25.7 target share this past season. Looking at the depth chart, they have a rookie who I, I think will end up being pretty good, but you know it, it could take some time. But Alec Pierce and then Paris Campbell, we're going to start seeing some hype on him, but he spent most of his, his seasons banged up. So I feel like his target share has a chance to even be higher this year. I think he is going to continue to grow as an NFL player in his third year, Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's going to get more quality looks in the red zone where I think he's a threat. I think Matt Ryan is going to be a much more efficient quarterback than Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers were his freshman and sophomore year in the league. So Michael Pittman Jr. I'm, I'm in on and, you know, I had a, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I feel like he can finish inside the top 12. You know, that 11-12 spot is, is always up for grabs. And I feel like this guy has a, a good chance to be very valuable for fantasy beyond the uh, the wide receiver 21 mark. I want to bring up these two guys. I talk about them too much, both of them, Jerry, Judy, Elijah Moore. So I don't want to go on a rant about either because these are like my guys. Elijah Moore, wide receiver 30 for his ADP. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 33 for his ADP. And, you know, talent-wise, when I'm looking at Elijah Moore, Jerry Judy, I'm all in. I believe in the talent. You know, I, I mean, you can be extremely, extremely talented, but it doesn't always work out for the fantasy aspect of things. But I'm in with their talent. Um, Elijah Moore had those couple weeks where he's with multiple different Jets quarterbacks and was scoring like 20 fantasy points consistently. He was balling out, lighting the fantasy world on fire. And then he got hurt. Jerry Judy's had some small flashes. Um, really loved him out of college. He was my wide receiver one out of that class. But he's had struggles with, you know, QB target accuracy. If I pull up the, you know, player profiler stats for those, they were terrible his first year and his second year. And uh, other metrics that lead to success. The other issue with Jerry Judy, he was injured. And I think both of these guys have a real chance at being their specific team's wide receiver one. And Jerry Judy... You kind of lean his way because Russell Wilson compared to Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson is going to take a big step forward, but I think Russell Wilson's fantasy ceiling in 2022 specifically is higher, obviously. Uh, but both of these guys being the one on their team, being two talented guys with, with better situations. I'm, I'm more in than these guys being outside of uh, the twenties into the thirties here, wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 33. Got to bring in tight ends now. So Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, ADP is tight end 12. And you might, you know, say to me, well, that's fair. He's a tight end one. But you have to understand with the tight end position that you can finish as tight end 
10 and, and average like 11 fantasy points or, you know, finishes tight end 11 and average like 10.4 fantasy points. So even within that top 12, it's important to kind of find the ones that are going to have the highest ceilings. And I feel like Zach Ertz has a chance to be a top five guy uh, this season. I'm not saying that's exactly where I have him ranked, but I think he could smash his ADP. And, and, and here's why. So looking last year, uh, week seven through 17, Switching from Philadelphia to Arizona, he was the tight end four overall during those weeks. And that's not like a, a three-week sample size, seven through 17. He averaged 11.6 fantasy points, but he was above that mark with the Cardinals in four games. And in two of those games, he saw with the Cardinals 11 and 13 targets. Why is that important? Because that can be a glimpse at how things can go in 2022 because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games, and everybody wants to look at Hollywood Brown, which is fair, and I'm a fan of Hollywood Brown, but everybody just kind of eyes in on him and says he is the major benefactor. He is the only benefactor, it seems like. And that's not the case because I think Zach Ertz is a major benefactor of Hopkins not being in the mix because I feel like his target share consistently could be higher when D-Hop is not on the field. Rondale Moore guy. A.J. Green, I think, is going to have a couple splash weeks when he's healthy. Um, hopefully he can, knock on wood, stay healthy. But uh, when I'm looking at this offense, like, who is he going to run through? I'm going to say Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz in the passing game, you know, leaving the running aspect out of it. So Zach Ertz, I feel like, is a guy that um, is not the sexiest of options. He's not a, you know, young tight end with some big promise, but – I feel like he's got a good opportunity to have some nice targeted games the first couple of weeks. And you might say, well, Hopkins is going to come back week seven or eight. Well, maybe I don't want to just play my fantasy season for week seven or eight on. Maybe I won't have that good hot start, push myself up the standings of my league and have that Kurtz I tight end. And then if the wheels start falling off, then I pivot and hopefully have a second option or hit the waiver wire or whatever, whatever you need to do. But I still think he'll be a viable asset throughout the year. Last guy on this list, I've also talked about him a handful of times too, and I think he's growing on the fantasy community. I've been a big fan of Cole Komet just because, you know, I grew up as a Notre Dame fan. Obviously, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but beyond the bias, his ADP is 18. And you cannot convince me that Cole Komet is less important to the Bears in 2022 than 17 other guys. Makes no sense to me because – in my opinion, looking at the depth chart, which is terrible, Darnell Mooney, who should be a wide receiver two on a team, is the wide receiver one. Then we got Byron Pringle and Velas Jones and um, Dante Pettis and uh, St. Brown, but not the not the, the elite one that the fantasy community talks about way too much. Um, I think there's a chance Cole Komet is the number two in this offense. It just, it just is out there for him. And um, I feel like last year he check the boxes and I've said this before of having pretty good targets in games his receiving yards were much better than his rookie season because I feel like he had some some games where he was going for like 60 yards or something around that ballpark and uh, we're looking at a guy that continues to progress with a young quarterback in Justin Fields so um, the thing that was missing was the touchdowns I mean he actually had a decent amount of red zone looks no touchdowns he scored zero touchdowns but to me and I've said this before too I'd rather have a guy who has consistent target share, going to have some decent yardage games, 
um, but be lacking in the touchdown category than the opposite because I think the touchdowns will come. You can't look at a guy who gets like three targets a game, maybe scores a touchdown, and he's got like a decent amount of touchdowns, and you have to bank on that every week. I'd rather just say, hey, he's going to get a lot of looks consistently. The touchdowns will come, and that's what I think will happen for Cole Komet. So that ADP of 18, probably not the most fair for uh, his importance to the Bears in 2022. So um, that's my handful of guys. So, again, Derek Carr, Travis uh, Etienne, Saquon Barkley, Michael Pittman Jr., Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore, talk about them too much. Zach Ertz, Cole Komet. Could have went on with like 20 other guys, but keeping the podcast short, to the point, but giving you guys the the whys, which I always think is important to elaborate, like why I'm telling you this. And uh, you can be actionable with this information by, you know, looking at how these guys fall in your redraft leagues and making sure to jump on them if they are falling a little bit. Maybe you do reach a little bit more earlier, you know, not, a, you know, a crazy amount earlier, but you don't fear like taking these guys as they are falling. Or for two, maybe you're looking at your dynasty leagues and you're saying, um, you know, these are guys I want to target now. <clears throat> they might have, have, a, have a good 2022. So uh, my, guy, my guy Manny in the chat, what is good, bro? But, yeah, you can look at it, you know, look at it from a redraft or dynasty perspective, even though I'm looking at more of a redraft approach. But, again, might be some targets in dynasty. But appreciate you guys tuning in. Despite this, uh, this, this voice thing going on, hopefully I'll have it back. Uh, but uh, make those moves in your leagues and be ready. Uh, it's going to be a fun fantasy offseason. Appreciate you guys.